loud guys. Too loud guys. And the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Too Loud Guys, and the, the girl. show where we ostensibly talk about music. Um, with but really, me. we talk about ourselves because isn't that what you do whenever you talk about music? Yes. Very, very philosophical of you. <laughs> Anyways, I read it in a book. I'm Daniel Korn. I'm Corey Gardner. And we have a special guest here. My name is Emily Powell, and I'm a girl. She's a girl, everyone! A real live girl! Yes, they talk to girls. She's a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Women's rights! So, yeah. What have we been up to? What have have we collectively been up to? I've been working like a dog. Yep. My dogs are barking. I bought a dog. She bought a dog. It's a pug. It's great. Looks like an alien. I like it. She's cute. She doesn't have a name yet. She doesn't. Maybe people can help us name her. That's not going to happen. Well, we, can, we can try, man. We can, we can try. I, I can pimp out this. So Open much. submissions for dog names yeah. for pugs that are girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should name it Fish, because when I was a kid, I had a fish named Dog. Mm. Mm. That is an idea. I think you should name it Bug. Or Bug, because it looks like a bug. Because it looks like a bug. It yeah. Does. I think Bug's a good name. Bug's a cool name. Bug's Bunny. <laughs> you should name your dog Bug's Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> you should name your dog Bug's Bunny. Boom! Two we against agree. one. <laughs> the two loud guys have spoken. So what have you been up to? Me? Yeah. I just got back from a cottage. How was that? It was lots of fun. Lots of beer drinking. Lots of beer drinking. My God. <laughs> so much beer drinking. Sweet. But yeah, a lot of beer drinking. A lot of beachside hanging out. A lot of pedal boats. Nice. A lot of uh, fireworks. Yeah. I know all about fireworks. I know you do. <laughs> I'm the fireworks professional. You do. You're the most victorious <laughs> fireworks man. Zing. Working at Victory Fireworks. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. I wish I was at the cottage this weekend. Yeah. But schmuck. I was too busy working. Like a dog. Making money. Making mad you're, money. You're like the money-making guy now. Yeah. You're money-making. None of us are. time. Yeah. But your time has come. Yeah. Your, your spin on the circle. Yeah. Circle of life. <laughs> Shakespearean theory. <coughs> Anyways, what have you been doing other than getting a dog? Elton John theory. Um, circle of life. What have I been oh. doing? Well, <laughs> I graduated from film school. So. What the hell? You graduated, dude? Congrats. Yeah. You didn't Wasn't know that, that like I a month that. ago? Yeah. It was a month ago, but <laughs> I haven't told anyone on a podcast yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and I am currently pretending to look for a, a job, but I was really looking for dogs for the last three weeks or so. And, yeah, hopefully I don't end up in a ditch somewhere. What's your movie called? My movie is called A Slice of Life, and it's about a pie-baking contest in a small town. It sounds riveting. It is riveting. You should watch it. It sounds mostly riveting because uh, I have some music in there. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, did you see how when you're talking, the line is like this? Yeah. And when Daniel starts talking, especially when I start talking, (laughs) it like grows bigger? Yes, yes. We need to speak up. Or we need to move the computer closer to her. Well, I could speak up, but I don't want things to peak. But I guess... We'll be fine. We can put the gain down. All right. Wait, this is a long chord. Yeah, yeah, but now it might not pick us up as well. Oh, we're good. Okay, we'll, we'll say it's fine. Sure, great. It's awesome. It's it's perfect. All right. Anyways, yeah. There's some music in it by me. Yeah. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then one, f- and then a piece of music from online. 
Yeah. So the best says, the best piece of music <laughs> is not written by me. So it says original music Dan McCorn. Yeah. So we then can, it says music compiled by. Yeah. Well, we can just else. pretend. What is it like? Free domain music. Yes. Yeah. It's really good though. It was it's really like good. totally really good. It's called Corn Liquor, and to this day I don't know if it's liquor as in licking something or liquor as in. Or as in licking Daniel Corn. Or that. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, my music in that movie's not that great. It's what okay. Did you, what did you... It's fine. What did you compose it on? Uh, Reason. Reason. Which was not optimal. Suboptimal. I remember you used to trip me out when I'd hear you guys talking about those programs, because you'd be talking about, like, Reason, reason and, and Logic. logic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's the most surreal conversation. Yeah, it's really strange. It's like, what do you use, Logic? Yeah, exactly. Nah, nah bro, I Are use you Reason. reason. <laughs> exactly, and it would be so much more in-depth than that, that it would just be downright bizarre <laughs> yeah it's like you know reason is good if you just want to like make stuff on the computer but logic is good for recording stuff into it <laughs> yes yeah, like weird weird things but first i don't think i knew you were talking about music yeah, programs like, so man, really the, threw me off man are they in like philosophy classes this, <laughs> this is great this is beyond my comprehension <laughs> <laughs> man they must be smart <laughs> I like these guys. <laughs> I gotta stay friends with them. <laughs> oh god, ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably at least attempt to talk to some music. Talk about some music. Let's talk to the music today. <laughs> what do you What do you want to do, music? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I just want to party. <laughs> I just want to rock. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. See, because I was at this cottage, I didn't really listen to too much. Which is weird, because you would imagine that... Yeah, like, but there not tunes flowing all there, the time? No, you know, there weren't, actually. <laughs> Dude, if there I was not, there, there would have been tunes flowing. There were not tunes all flowing day. all the time. There were tunes flowing... I would have been like, why isn't Kiss playing? Uh, <laughs> there was a fair <laughs> amount of tunes, on? but a lot of it was stuff like I've already listened to and talked about. Like, mm. we listened to the Jack White album quite a bit. Cool. Yeah, it's a really good album. Um, just super great. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I don't know. By proxy, I heard Real Estate's second album, which is not as good as their first album, which is a bit of a bummer. I still haven't listened to either. That's a shame. You should. Real Estate's a really good band. My cousin has suggested their second album on numerous occasions. Tell him he's wrong, and his first <laughs> album is much better than their first album. Their second album doesn't have the same, like, lazy kind of, like, it's not as, it's not as, like, reverb-heavy, so it doesn't sound as, like, lazy and relaxed. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't like think my cousin much. likes me anymore. Why? What do you mean? <laughs> because the last time I hung out with him was at our great aunt and uncle's house for some Jew night. And, uh... <laughs> and... Great. And he was well like, done. you know, he was like showing me bands like real estate and like other stuff, like indie crap he'd been listening to and whatever. And hey, for some reason that night... Real just, estate are good. Don't sure, say no, indie I, crap. I just, I just mean indie stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Why you gotta make it negative? Because <laughs> that's just, that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I don't. I was just like I was in a mood that night, so I just wasn't really having any of it because all I wanted to listen to was Slayer and Fish. <laughs> so I was so intent on only playing songs by Slayer and Fish, and like everyone there was like, "Man!" Like my little cousins were like, "Turn this evil satanic music off," and they were like, "Fine, I'll play how Slayer." Little, how little were your cousins? <laughs> no, no, yeah, they, they could play Slayer. They're they're actually pretty old, but they just all are uh, like how old? Younger. <clears throat> they just all behave younger. Like they're <laughs> they're all kind of. Uh, I don't I don't want to try to like. Do any of them? You don't know what age they are? No, no, I don't know what their disabilities are. Oh, uh, well, that kind because of, they're not like they're that not kind extreme. of changes 
the context of what we're talking about then a little bit. A little bit. Like, they're all, like, in high school. Yeah, But okay. they just, they, they haven't changed their behavior since, like, since I was still a kid and they were even younger kids. Mm. Mm. So it's always, it's always kind of surreal every year to see them and see how they aren't really growing up. Huh. But, yeah, so... Sounds uh, like a movie idea. Perhaps. Never, Everything is a movie idea. Never grew up. That's a movie. That's a That's movie. That's a movie. You're just thinking of Peter Pan, Emily. What? What? You said never grew up. That's just uh, Peter Pan. That's that's a good point. They are yeah. they're making a prequel to Peter Pan. Bullshit. They are. But like to the Disney Peter Pan? No, I, th- gonna be I like think animated? it's no, I think it's gonna be live action. That sounds horrible. Well, I don't, is it called I, Hook? I think, <laughs> yeah, because if it's Hook, then awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. they should just make Hook. They should just make Hook. No, yeah. but I think I think I could be completely wrong. But the prequel is a book as well. They're basing it off the prequel to Peter Pan. The so that's why my cousin doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> the end. Because I was just being kind of a jerk that night, and I just whatever. I'm sure your cousin still likes you. No, he hates me. He always just thinks you're a bit of a dick he with just, your music listening sometimes. He just goes home and he just burns pictures of me. Man, I like that shirt because I like that Paul McCartney has his tongue out. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> it's hey, tell the people what's on my yeah, shirt. Yeah, so Corey is it's wearing a, a shirt that he shirt. got from uh, a store in Toronto <coughs> called Black Market. Um, and it's uh, it's it's like all the members of the Beatles, but they're all wearing Kiss makeup. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it, but it's a it's really great. good gag. It's it's a really... Layers. Like, this shirt is so meaningful to me because of the layers uh, the two layers. But I still, in spite of the fact that like that it had so much deep meaning to me, I still felt like a poser wearing it until I knew what the piece itself was. So I looked it up, and it's actually something that Banksy made. Oh, badass. Oh, of yeah. course. Well, that's then, awesome. Now you're culturally irrelevant. <laughs> exactly. Aside from wearing a funny that, shirt. That's why there's layers. <laughs> and it's like my two favorite bands. It's like mad layers. Have you seen Exit Deep the Gift Shop? No, I, I have. Yeah, I want to see that. Super good. I want to see that really Super bad. Super good. Yeah. Someone at York was doing a free screening of it. Oh, I yeah? Did, I didn't go. Oh, man, it's great. Good story. Nope. Bro. Say that. <laughs> uh, I had a bad, it was a bad story. What do you want? Um, I think he's saying that his story. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, okay. you didn't tell story. a story. Yeah, well, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> There's Daniel who told the story. It was indeed. It was definitely me. <coughs> it's going to be me. It's going to be oh, me. Man. It's gonna be. This thing's gonna be hacked apart in editing. This thing? No, it's not. This has to be unedited. <laughs> no, there's no way won't. to edit this episode. <laughs> Anyways, because we're all just giggling. Well, <laughs> now that we're talking about it, it makes it a lot harder to edit. So thanks. Exactly. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. Um, yeah, I didn't really listen to much else. Cool. Read about halfway <laughs> through eating the dinosaur, though. Sweet. How is it? Oh, that book's awesome. Cool. It's a little bit less like about specific pop culture things and more about pop culture as a whole. Or it's like, you know, coming off of Four, which I guess was his last nonfiction book before it, which was very much like, this is an interview with this celebrity, and this one's with this celebrity, and this is an essay about this, this mm-hmm. is an essay about this. This one is a lot more like, it's a little bit vaguer about its sort of intentions. And it's more like... Is it like, a collection of his freelance stuff? No, I think a lot of it was made for the book. At least the intro, like, he specifically says, like, you know, this is going to be in a book, so hmm. whatever. I don't know about the other stuff. The other stuff I would imagine is probably freelance stuff. But there's some really cool things in there. There's one where he talks about time travel, hmm. which is really good. There's one where he talks... Like, that's what I mean. It's like he sort of talks about, like, bigger concepts rather than sort of these smaller yeah. things. Rather than sort of taking these smaller ideas and bringing them out, he sort of takes these bigger ideas and brings them in. 
a little bit. It's kind of interesting. Like talks about like road movies and um, like car warship in America. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like it's re- it's really good. Yeah, it's, I like it when he talks about things other than music. Yeah, it's a real. Yeah, he has not really talked about music at all so far. He talked about mm. one thing. He talked about kiss. Uh, no, he didn't talk about kiss. Oh, he talks about kiss a lot. He does. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, he talks about Garth Brooks. Oh, interesting. I like and when like he talks about why he's country. popular, and mm-hmm. like why his weird alter ego thing fell through. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been interested cool. in listening to that cool. alter ego album, but I bet it's not. It's very probably good. bad. Yeah. I read an interesting Chuck Glassman article where it was this night where he went to a Nickelback concert and a Creed concert in the same <laughs> night. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a really cool article. It's great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, what are you even listening to? Because I'm fucking, I'm already dried out at this point. Well, I wanted. Okay, sorry. I wanted to listen to Rise of the Phoenix. My idea was, my plan was to come home. We listened to a bit of that album. Yeah, but I, don't, I really wasn't enjoying don't count it, it. And so I haven't bothered to try to listen to it again. I think I'm going to enjoy it no matter <laughs> what because there's just something inherently enjoyable about Tenacious D and just having a new Tenacious D album. Like, yeah, even no. Pick of Destiny, which originally I didn't like. I First off, I grew to like Pick of Destiny a lot more. And secondly, like, even though I didn't like that album that much when it originally came out, I was still like, you know, I don't like this all that much. But I like Tenacious D, and I like... It's but the it's sort of about, like the Aquabats, where, like, I don't love everything the Aquabats put out, but I just am happy that the Aquabats are around. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But I think, like, with Pick of Destiny, what was nice about it is it kind of... It had a visual companion, so it was kind of like... Even if at first you didn't really like the album, which, like, I probably don't even remember if I listened to it before I saw the movie, but if I did, I probably didn't love it. But, like, with the movie, it's, like, it's what it needs to be. Yeah. Anyways, like, I, I didn't... Yeah, we listened to it when that stream came out, and I yeah. also was semi-lukewarm about it. I really, I think the first song is fucking awesome, though. Like, Rise of the Yeah, Phoenix. the first song the was The song cool. is awesome. That, that, song, right. that song is really good. But, uh, yeah, so I was going to come home. I was like, I'm coming home from this cottage. I'm going to go listen to Rise of the Phoenix, and then I'll have something to talk about today on Too Loud, guys. <laughs> um, well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't really my fault, necessarily, <laughs> though. Like, I came home, and then I actually did get it, and then... My iPod, for some reason, wasn't connecting to my computer properly, so I couldn't drag it onto my iPod, and then I was going to listen to it on the way to Emily's house to go look at her dog, and then <laughs> and then I couldn't. So I almost, for a second, I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to bring my computer in my car and just listen to it, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then I obviously, I obviously didn't do that. That's like the time Tal and I sat in a car watching a Rolling Stones documentary <laughs> on a laptop. That's awesome. Behind a church, no less. That's a silly thing to do. Why did you just go to someone's house? There was just no house to go to that night. <laughs> I see. Sometimes there's no house to go Sometimes to. Sometimes there's no house to go to, exactly. Yeah. We need an Eric Foreman basement, <laughs> which yeah. which should be Jordan's house, but it's not. I mean, it kind of is. Tal, made the, Tal said recently that we need to turn it into our Eric Foreman basement, and the only way to do that would be to have our own key. We'd have to have access <laughs> to his house, so we yeah, can I hang out so. there when he isn't there. Otherwise, it's not an Eric Foreman basement. I guess so. Also, I don't like hanging in his house that much anyways. Eh, what do you know? <laughs> Nuts to you. Um, <coughs> yeah, so I didn't listen to Rise of the Phoenix, is my story. Right on. Yeah, but I will. Me, me I'm neither. gonna, for next week I'm gonna, we've been getting demands to talk about it. From Sammy and yeah. Adam. Yeah, which is, you know what, fair enough, because you know what, it's true. That's a new Teenage D album, we should probably be talking about it. Yeah. And we didn't. But I notice a lot where it's kind of like, I'll be really excited about something until it comes out, and then I stop caring. Yeah, that happens. That's a thing that happens, for sure. That's what happened with me and The Roots Undone. That's why it took so long for that album to catch up to me. Yeah. 
because once it came out, like, suddenly all the hype just dissipated, and I just didn't care anymore. I've been getting better with it. Like, when the Jack White album came out, I was like, I want to listen to that album. Yeah. And I did. And I did listen to I'll it. I'll tell you what. And that album is... is so far my favorite album of this year. So that's good. Interesting. I haven't that's really cool. heard too many albums this year that I thought have been really good, to be honest. Yeah. Been a bit of a slow year for me. Like... For me, it's been a slow year so far. I don't know what I've listened to from this year. Not much, though. Parlor's album is really good. Like, I talked about them, I think, last week, or maybe two weeks yeah. ago. Paddlers. Yeah, well, it's pronounced Parlor. The V <laughs> is know, a U. I know, I know. Yeah, Parlover. Parlover. But, uh, yeah, no, that album's really good. But, I mean, Jack White album's better. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, like, the only two I albums. I can tell I you what my year. album of the year is going to be already. What? Monster by Kiss. Is that coming out this it's year? coming out in, like, a month or two, man. I'm so oh. stoked. Oh, God. The second that album's available to listen to... I'm going to listen to it. Are you going to buy it? No. No? No way. You're a Kiss I fan, man. I won't put a fucking penny in Gene Simmons' pocket if, if it isn't for, like, a cool toy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, have you checked out uh, Archie meets, meets Kiss yet? Not yet. That's another thing. Well, I'll put a penny in his pocket because I got to buy the... Uh, yeah, you got to buy that thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I just forgot about it, actually. Have you heard about this? I haven't, but it sounds like something he yeah. would need to yeah, buy. Yeah, four-issue four miniseries. Of that's Archie, cool. where Archie meets where Kiss, come Kiss. to Riverdale. Yeah, Kiss, and come to Riverdale. And Sabrina's involved. Oh, that's badass. Really? Everybody's, everybody's going to be there. It's is, gonna be uh, what's her name? Cheryl Blossom in there? I don't know who that is. Who's Cheryl Blossom? She's the redhead. In Sabrina? No, 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 no. She's in the, like, the Archie comics. Oh, yeah. They created like a redhead character. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. I only know that like it was it's like a big thing that Sabrina figure into the figure. Yeah, that sounds that's awesome. Yeah. Fucking put Sonic in there too. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they should really do. I hope so. Make it a real crossover. The best crossover since Sonic meets Image. Which is an insane I can't believe that ever happened. Who's on Image? Spawn. I thought so. Savage Dragon. Um the Max. I don't like, know who Spawn is. I mean, Spawn had his own. He had his own show. He had a show. On, he had a show. On, and a movie. Teletoon, yeah, yeah. And it freaked me out. Yeah. Well, it was it was an HBO show, but it was aired on Teletoon. Okay. Yeah, it was like late night Teletoon. Right. No, it freaked I've never me seen out. it. I hear it's really good, actually. I remember like just being really loved... attracted to the imagery as a kid, but yeah. it was just like way too complex. Of course you were. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally. mean, you know what? Spawn is not complex. Spawn is like. But it, you know, as a kid, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. Did it was you guys? Still just too deep for me. Did you guys watch Cyber Six? That show was awesome. I never liked Cyber. It was too yeah. It was too weird for me. It was too weird. It was like, but he's a guy during the day, but But then a girl at night, and that was too weird for me. And I never watched it. But I had the biggest crush on both of them, and it kind of like made me question my sexuality. On both like Milo and robot. (laughs) Robot. Yeah, she's a robot. Well, she's an android. Well, they are both. I mean, her brother's a panther, for God's sake. Her brother is a panther. Yeah, a panther's her brother. Yes, because he dies. Did they they have a sexual relationship? No, I don't think so. The panther. I always thought that. No, 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 no. no. Her, she had an on and off, on again, off again relationship with the big blonde. With the big blonde. I thought he was the panther because I no, 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 no. And it was, and it was, it was actually really cool. I saw the season finale to Cyber Six one time when I was somewhat old enough to appreciate it. That she dies, but she really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does she not really die? I don't know. She just okay. But it's cool. Because it's like he starts having feelings for like the boy version of her because mm. like mm. you know she he works with mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool because it's kind of yeah. like him having this kind of gay attraction being yeah. like this is weird that's pretty edgy stuff for kids yeah show. it's totally I mean that wasn't really it a kid wasn't show. really a kid show but like, it was rated like C eight on television yeah but that show was usually shown like late at night or early in the yeah. morning like I used to watch that show at like five or six a.m. because I used to get up that early when I was a kid that show was great. 
I still feel like I wouldn't like it. Like I always didn't. I didn't like the animation style all that much when oh, I was a kid. It. It's very janky though. Like it's like really like low budget. What's janky? It just like it doesn't have a lot of like motion. You to just it. made not, that word up. <laughs> it's like it's not very fluid. You know, it's I like the, the animation's really like kind of stiff. Was there only one season? I have no idea. Okay, I need to get. I need to get the seasons. I don't think there. I don't think you can buy seasons of Cyber Six. Hmm. I don't think. Yeah, it, probably not. Yeah, I don't think it's a well, show that warrants that. I need to find it somewhere. That. You can find it somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. You can you can find it through legal or illegal means. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Netflix has a lot of weird shows. It's not on there True. now, but it could be. Could be at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has a lot of weird shows on it. it sure does. It a lot of weird like kids shows. Party. No, but it does have Power Rangers. Yeah. Like all seasons of Power Rangers. Yeah, but Power Rangers is a big deal. It yeah, is. sure is. <laughs> You're right. It, it is a big deal. Also has Once Upon a Hamster, which no one should. That ever show is the watch. worst show ever. <laughs> Have you? Did you ever watch Once Upon a Hamster? No, but you saying that makes me think about Hamtaro, which was an awesome. Hamtaro show. was awesome. I never watched Hamtaro. You never watched Hamtaro? No, because by the by the time, because okay, Hamtaro came out when we were like ten. Yeah. And by then I was like way too old for you. Like, just fruity. No man, yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I'm watching fucking monsters beat each other up. This is right up my ass. No, like I was watching. By then I was too busy. Like I was watching like Dragon Ball Z and Digimon and shit. So was I. But I was also watching like bullshit. And Tara was also was on when I got home. See, I never yeah. discriminated like that. I was never. No, like, I, was totally, I only like the tough stuff. I, I was, like. I always dug I both. totally discriminated. Yeah. Like I did not. I I didn't always like the tough stuff. Like I really liked um, Untalkative Bunny. I thought was a great show. Well, I, rem- I remember that title. I know I watched that show. It, had, was it? it was like this yellow bunny, and at first they were just like bumper cartoons. Like they were just like these little like two yeah. or three minute things. And then it actually got, got its own show. And it was just like this kind of like not greatly drawn rabbit. And it was like it's just the yellow, and it was just quiet. <laughs> and it would just have like adventures, and it was really funny. Like it was like oh, it really, had a really good sense of humor, and it was like a really good show. I can't believe you remember that stuff. That's crazy. And it was called Untalkative Bunny, which yeah. is a hilarious name for a show. It's a good title. Yeah. And the Hamtaro theme song, it said. Do your very best. Get a hundred on your test. It was like really? so Asian. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, yeah. I never liked that show. It was test. too cutesy for me. It was oh, like, it was great. yeah, yeah. I, I also, by then I was like, I, I like knew what anime it. was by then, and mm. I had sort of been able to identify you know myself. What anime was by like when we were ten. Yeah. Dang. That's the kind of part. Like I get into things, you know, Dang. and it's like it's always been like that. Mm. So like I knew what it was. So I was kind of like a point where it was like, where it was like I kind of was a person who liked anime mm-hmm, or, yeah. like, looked like I was... Go- and I, it's funny because I'm not that person right now. Yeah. Like, I'm open to it, and there are certainly... Th- like, I don't discriminate, but I'm not, like, an anime person. Yeah. But I, it looked like I was going towards that path. Me too. And, uh... Like, I got Shonen Jump every week and stuff. Oh, yeah, I got... I, I have I have a thing on my wall of Shonen Jump, of, hmm. like, the drawings of all the characters. I got it from being one of the first subscribers to it, actually. Like, the first ever subscribers to Shonen Jump? Yeah, one of the first, yeah. Like, cool. I got... I, like, I subscribed to the first issue of that. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, I still think Shonen Jump is great. I think the fact that that is a magazine that exists in America is a really cool thing. Yeah, it's totally sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. That's And that, it's a really good, like... I used they're, they're super stacked too. Like I used to love them because they would like yeah, you know a lot of they'd stories. be like four hours of stories. And yeah. you'd be like man, it was great. I just stopped buying them because they were like too took up too much space hmm. and like I didn't care that as much. Yeah. I, it was like it was a, it was a pretty expensive subscription. But anyways, so yeah, so I knew what anime was. So like when Hamtaro came out, I was like. Poof, so, you know, I was, all, I was, like, getting some, like, anime elitism at that point, right. as everyone who likes anime has. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, I don't want to watch this, this the real stupid kitty bullshit. I'm watching, I'm going back to watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hamtaro was adorable. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Yeah. Good show. 
So yeah, <laughs> what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to a bunch of stuff. New. <laughs> you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Get into it, come on. Don't be a um, dick. Okay, what's something new that I listen to? Because I can talk about other stuff. That like, listen, what did you listen to? But, uh, don't, you don't have to be choosy. Running okay, I listened to a new album the other day. Like an album by a new band? No, a new album by a band. Okay. And it's uh, the new Best Coast album. I don't okay. even remember what the hell it's called anymore. Did that album get really bad reviews? It got a 1.5 on the one Sputnik reviewer who's reviewed it so far. Yeah. And it's getting pretty mixed reviews, mostly kind of on the negative side. And I, I kind of understand that, like, especially as a fan of their first album. Oh, you, okay, because I didn't know you ever listened to them. I, I I've never been on the show. Have you? Yeah, I talked about them because, like, I was talking about how they were working on this new album. Right, I And how the that. things right, they were right. saying about it were exciting me. Right. Yeah, I've never <coughs> listened to Best Coast. Their first album is great. And uh, the problem with the second album... I guess the reason it's getting as criticized as it is is that it kind of, uh, you know, it's a lot cleaner than the first album. Like, the, the appeal of the first album is it's just, like, this California girl just kind of, like, making these kind of, like, Beach Boys-y type little songs about how, like, sad she is about the boys in her life and how much weed she smokes and how she just loves her cat. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are the main themes in every Best Coast song. Yeah. And they were, like, on the first album, they were just kind of, like, really raw, like, almost, like, I mean, you know, like, lo-fi, kind of, like, almost Ramonesy kind okay. of sound. <clears throat> and, uh, and that was really cool. Like, it was a really solid indie pop kind of album. And on this one, they kind of, you know, it... It feels a lot like the successor to that album, you know, like her songwriting isn't all that different necessarily, except maybe a little less influenced by punk, and like her content is all the same. Uh, but the major difference is the shift in production, which just which completely cl changes like the sound. Now. It's clean and, uh, yeah, it just like, it's, so that really kind of, I guess, brings out the poppiness of it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um... But I don't know. It was a nice listen. Like it's nice to hear more from Bethany Davis. She's she's a cool character. I so you, think. So you dig it? Kind mostly. of kind of a dick, but cool anyway. Uh, yeah, I kind of dig it. I kind of liked it. Like I don't think it's gonna stick with me the way their first album did, and it certainly doesn't have like standout songs the way their first album did. But it was nice. Uh -huh. It was it it's it could be nice to listen to sometimes while outdoors in the summer because you know that's what that yeah. music is. It's summer music. Yeah. I just actually remembered uh, another thing I listened to this week, which is that I finally dug into like some post debut album Ramones material. Yes. Because I was uh, that's what I, I like was doing hear. some homework for school, and like Ramones is probably my favorite homework music. Right. It on. just makes me feel like doing things. Like it makes mm -hmm. me feel like I'm in like a montage. <laughs> cool. So like, and it doesn't involve a high level of engagement. Yeah, it's just sort of like okay, cool, buzzsaw guitars, yeah, great, exactly, awesome. Um, yeah, so I listened to, uh, I think I listened to Rocket to Russia first. Sweet. And then I listened to Road to Ruin. And it's interesting, Rocket to Russia is what, their third or fourth? Third. The third. Road and Ruin is Road the fourth. Is the fourth. It's kind of cool, because Rocket to Russia is a lot like their debut album. Like, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of the same. Their first three albums are very similar, and Road to Ruin but is But, like, Road to Ruin, shit. yeah, Road to Ruin is different. Like, there's some slower tunes on it, it's yeah. kind of darker. Yeah. It's, like, heavier, too, like, it's, like, produced... It, yeah. like, it hits a little harder. It's both heavier and poppier, which is interesting. Yeah, I like I like Road to Ruin. Rocket yeah. to Russia, I think, is a cool album, too, just because it's, like, more Ramones, and that's yeah. good. 
And you know, you'll that also has, like Leap Home. Yeah, and that has some great songs on it. Like you know, it has like Sheena's Punk Rocker mm-hmm. and um, Rockaway Beach and stuff. Like yeah. like really good songs. Rockaway Beach. I love Rockaway Beach. But uh, I, I really did think Road to Ruin was a really cool album. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't love it the way I love the first three, but, like, it's as for, like it's the best of all the albums they made after the first three. And that's Questioningly, which is a really neat ballad. Yeah. It's the one that goes, like, wow. Yeah. Wow, like, weird wow, and not Ramonesy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unremonesy. Yeah, there's some weird shit on that album. Almost, like, that's cool. country-ish. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so that, <coughs> that was a thing that I listened to. Totally. Sweet. Yeah, the Ramones are the best. Yeah. They're the best band who ever existed. I do love the Ramones. Did I listen to High Five Soup the other day? I guess I did. I listened to High Five Soup. <laughs> cool. I, I don't know why. I don't like that album. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. I just, I, don't, I was watching videos of the Aquabats. Hmm. Um, just like behind the scenes stuff. There's, there's that, no one. That thing you It's so funny, eh? It's so funny. Yeah, like they've been doing a lot of really funny things in regards to the show coming out. Like they've been doing a lot of funny YouTube yeah. things. And so that got me into mood. And then they, they started playing a song in the background of that one from High Five Soup, and I was like, oh, that's a catchy song. I'm going to listen to High Five Soup. And yeah, it's not a good album, really. I still like it, though. Yeah, right. When is the show actually coming out? Oh, it's out. Okay. Yeah, the Uncle Super Show is out, but it's only out in America. Oh, it's on Because it's on, like, the Hasbro Network, which right. is we don't get in Canada. Interesting. It's, it's like, there. Yeah, they're already, like, five or six episodes in. Yeah, okay. It's been pretty well received. It seems pretty cool. funny. I've been watching clips from it, and it seems like exactly what I want from an Aquabat show, which is, like, it's totally insane and over-the-top. Yeah. And, like, <coughs> sort of lame about being funny. Like, it's, like, comedy. Like, is like, intentionally. Yeah, like, intentionally. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's which all is, Yeah, back. which is what they do, so it's great. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of, like, good homages to other things without being, like, too homage-y. I think like just Silent sort of, H. Homage? Yeah. Maybe it is. <laughs> I was thinking that. Yeah. Oh Either way, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, they sort of have this way of, like, harking back to, like, kung fu movies and, mm. you know, weird B sci-fi movies and stuff without being, like, too overt about it and, like, kind of obnoxious about it. Mm. So, yeah, I really cool. want to watch that show. Maybe it'll fill the picnic face void in your life. I think picnic face is going to come back. You think so? I think it will. Mm. I think it'll come back. There's been a lot of support. Okay. From, from like the, the Save Picnic Face campaign. Cool. Yeah, Picnic Face is great. Did you hear about Community? I don't like comedy. Did you hear about Community, Corey? That Dan Hartman's leaving? Yeah. Did you just yeah. say he got fired. Like comedy? That's right. Just in it's not that he... Yeah, it's don't not, like humor. Don't it's, not, like it's not that he's leaving. It's that he got fired. What? I thought he was leaving. Yeah, that's what people thought would happen, but like he put up a who blog post. Him? Like I Sony. Know. Like Sony, who, run, who was, like, owns the show. I don't know, because they're idiots. That's weird. Yeah, it's insane to me. I'm glad the show's going to continue anyway. I'm not. I don't want to see it without Dan Harmon. <laughs> yeah, that's How funny. much creative input does he have? All of it. He's the show creator. That's his but show. But that doesn't mean that he does that would be anything. Like, like he that, doesn't, does he write the episodes? Does he produce them? He's the producer. Yeah. He, like, he does... Pro- see, a show creator is a really, like, that's the thing that's kind of only in TV, and it pretty much means he just runs everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's like the equivalent of being a director, except being a director in TV is not as big a deal as being a director on a movie. He is essentially what a director would be on a movie set. Like, does that's he direct his. It? How much no. does he write of it? He writes a lot of it. He writes a lot and of it. And, like, even if he doesn't write a lot of it, he comes up with, like, the concepts for a mm-hmm. lot of it. Okay. Um, and, like, he looks over everything and, like, you know, approves all the jokes and stuff. Like, mm. that's his show. Like, that would be like yeah, making. Okay, I guess. It'd be like making Arrested Development without Mitch Hurwitz. Like, Arrested Development is a Mitch Hurwitz show, and without him, you don't have a show. Mm hmm. 
It's that kind of thing. Oh, then maybe they'll just jump the shark with it. Mm. I'm probably going to watch an episode of it and be like, this is shit, and then stop watching it. I have no, I have no... Uh, have you seen, have you watched the end of the season? No, I haven't. It's so good. I know, I'm so excited. I know they go into a video game at some yeah. point. Yeah. Which is enough for me to be like, oh god. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure they'll be up on demand pretty soon, so when that happens, I'll, uh, mm-hmm. I'll go through all of them. I think I have, because they have the three episodes of the finale, and then, like, I think there was a week before that that I didn't see. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to dig into that. Yeah. You haven't seen any of the season, right? I've seen, like... Three episodes. I'm waiting, just waiting till it's finished. Well, it's done now. It's done now. It's been the most inconsistent one for me, but like its high points have been some of the absolute gems. I don't think it's been inconsistent at all. I think it's been. I think it's been on all the time. There have been a lot of episodes I haven't loved, but there have been one or two episodes that have been not great. But that's like that. You know that happens in the second season and the first season too. No, I think the first two seasons are just gold. No, the second season has a couple episodes that aren't that great. One or two. As happens. Anyways, yeah, community talk. It's a good show. Good, it's a good show. Yields been that. We've been listening to anything else. I've been listening to a lot, man. Okay, <laughs> cool. What else I you got? It. Right. Sorry, I'm sorry. God. Well. <laughs> well, you introduced me to group love, which I quite like because I mean, I guess I don't have. A wide spectrum of what I listen to. I like Broadway a lot of the time. So <laughs> you're one of those uh, people. Broadway or old Broadway? Both. both. I, old I mean, Broadway is good. She likes theatrics. You should. I like you, you would like Kiss. Yeah, you would love Kiss. I probably <laughs> would like Kiss. So you anyway, also love Alice Cooper and Prog Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Daniel put a bunch of things on my iPod, and I was in Cuba recently, and you I started. You would love Kiss. They're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> So I started listening to Group Love, and then I got back, and I was like, I wonder if they're on tour, or if they ever go on tour, and then, sure enough, a show was that night, so I went and saw it. Oh, and, sick. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. They're very good live. Uh, I had a band practice. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. I was gonna go. Yeah, I was at the wrong bar on Queen Street. Isn't that what we saw? Yeah, 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 yeah. That place is sweet. I like that place. Mm-hmm, it's, yeah, good. it's good. It's a good the, venue. The dancing place is kind of small. Like it's kind of yeah. narrow, mm-hmm. which isn't great, but yeah. I still like that place. Yeah, we just stood on couches. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the show was good. Yeah, the show was good. As far as concerts I've been to. Was that your gone. first time being to like a show that wasn't at like a stadium? No. Um... No, I've been to I, I've been to other shows in like clubs and stuff or yeah. like uh, what's that place called? Something House H A U S Cool House Cool House yeah, yeah. that place yeah, yeah. that place is sweet <laughs> yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who did you see there? Honestly, I don't remember. So, so nobody important. So nobody important. <laughs> it was when I was a young teenager, a young lass, a young lass of thirteen or so. Oh man, was it Backstreet Boys? <laughs> No, probably they not. Would be the Backstreet Boys at the stadium. cool house. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might have just been like some like community artist or something. Now that I community think Community artist? Well, like, a, sorry, a local artist. Yeah. That's just like... <laughs> an artist of the community. Artist, yes, exactly. This is what I meant. Fair enough. I'm trying to be louder and it's just not working. You're just not a loud guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> All right, Corey, what else you got? I don't think the people at work realize that it's possible to listen to music from our iPods that doesn't have profanity. Because there's this weird thing where, like, 
we for you know, yesterday we weren't listening to music because they don't want us like playing music too loud because there's all these customers in the store so we can't play music sure. loud in the warehouse and like and like that has led to us not playing music at all because I guess that like the only music we listen to is like music you know with profanity I mean it's hard like you know I had I had a I think that's situation. a crazy idea though like it's not like we only listen no. to Eminem no of course. and I think that that's what they think of it like I remember one day I put on Eric B and Rakim and I did this intentionally because I knew that the owner's son was coming in and like when he's around we can't play music with profanity otherwise they don't care and it was like you know Eric B and Rakim is like classic hip-hop there's yeah. no profanity to be found in their music and at least like in their early stuff yeah and uh and and so that's why I put it on. But once he came, somebody turned it off. And I was, like, kind of outraged by that. I was like, why do you assume because a black man is rapping over I don't think me? it's that. I think, like, it's, I think it's because, <coughs> like, hip-hop in general is known to be, like, profane. Exactly. And that, so it's like, like I, a, yeah, it's you know, a thing where anyone who hears hip-hop is going to be kind of like, oh, God. Like, oh, we should turn It's aggressive music. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It'd be like you could, you know, it'd be like playing metal somewhere. Like, the metal could have no swearing in it, but people still don't want to have... Like metal blaring when higher ups come in. Yeah, but I just couldn't play metal at all. It's not the higher ups. The higher ups don't care. It's oh. when their son comes in, oh. who's like a young child. Oh, okay. yeah. I see, I see. It's not. Yeah, the owners don't care. Like he yeah. says, he says like play whatever you want. Like just not when my kids here. So anyway, so we were listening to the radio today because there, I guess, if there is profanity in the music, it's censored just out. Censored. Except it's not really. No. Not really anymore. Know. Regardless, the I guess they're not, not afraid of profanity on yeah. the radio. Uh, and so all morning we listened to Kiss FM, and man, like, yeah. it's just awful. Every song sounds the same. They like, all follow the exact same formula. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it was something that I had to eventually just, like, try my best to embrace and be like, ah, this is okay. But, like, it's, it's difficult, like... You know, it's just, like, every song is just, like, n- like it's nothing but chorus, first of all. Like, apparently that's all that appeals to people anymore yeah. is choruses. That's like, all that people care about. That's what, I, that's what I was telling you last week. Right, all about that about rock music. But yeah. the thing with this music on the radio, like, what's on Kiss FM is, like, there are not verses. It's, like, chorus after chorus. And, like, that song that goes, like, call me, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, that is nothing but choruses. That song has no verses. It's just the same <laughs> chorus over and over and over again. <laughs> and, like, and sometimes I can even, like, you know, in the right mood, I can kind of get into that vapid radio pop. Like, it strikes a particular chord with me where, like, I remember there's always one night of the year where I'd really like the kind of stuff they played on Kids of M, and that would be the night of a, the last performance of any given play I'd be doing in high school. Okay. And I'd be, like, in the car on the way to, like, Kelsey's or wherever would go after the show, and they'd be playing, like, top 40s. Well, because then and, like, have, it would, like, sound, like, really, like, Because you have powerful. a sense of, like, camaraderie there, at least, where it's <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. oh, everyone is enjoying this music, and I'm part of this everyone, so that's kind of cool. The, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It, that is, that, it was just kind of, it's, like, nice feeling, and so it's like, okay... But the rest of the year, it's just terrible. And and then, and so later, like, this one guy put on Vinyl FM, and I was like, did you change it? And he was like, yeah, I couldn't listen to that shit anymore. I was like, thank you, you're my hero. And, like, and it's really, it's interesting because, you know, Vinyl is a, a station that plays essentially the top 40s of a bygone era. Yeah. And it's the, the uh, you know, it's incredible how there's just, like, that shift. And, like, there was still plenty of vapid, faceless crap that you hear on that station, you know, because it's like the 70s and 80s, yeah. and there's a ton of bad radio music then, too. But it's still so much more... And maybe it's the kitsch factor, but it's still so much more enjoyable. It's also, it's like less <laughs> in your face. Like It is. It's much like less like Loudness face. Wars and stuff. Have you heard about the Loudness Wars? Do you know what the Loudness Wars are? Of course. Do you know what the Loudness Wars are? Okay, no, so Loudness Wars are a thing it. that happens in modern music where um, pretty much record labels want their... 
they want their songs to be heard the most when they're on the radio. Oh, yeah. So you, what they yeah. do is they make they, them louder. They compress it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. they so they try to make it louder than everything else. Right. And then other labels do that, and it just creates this whole thing where music is just yeah. getting louder and louder and louder and, like, just losing noise. more of its fidelity yeah. by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Slutty music. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's all slutty music. Yeah. It's all like it's that. Like it's even like, songs that sound like have an emotional core, they're yeah. just so glitzed out yeah. that you can't feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have this sort of like you know big beat kind of sound. Yeah, so yeah, kind of happens. Um, uh, but it's like it, it's amazing the way it kind of like just the vibes are entirely different. Like when you're listening to like you know what currently is hits, and then like what used to be hits. Like, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Culture changes. For sure, for you know? sure. But it's, you know, what's weirdest about it to me is that, you know, like, th- what I should be responding to is what is what is popular now. Like, that's what should make the most sense uh, to our ears. But instead, it's what used to be popular that, like, it just, like, has much more pleasant kind of vibe. It kind of makes sense, though, because at least what <coughs> used to be popular has something to do... Like, I mean, our ears are very attuned to, like, rock music. Yeah. And, like, stuff from the 70s and 80s, you're going to have a higher concentration of things influenced by or that are rock music. Yeah, definitely. You know? So it's like, a, you know, it's... Into it the makes sense. by Madonna was on the playlist. That was sweet. It's also that, like, like you start to hear the, like, not only does every song literally sound the same. You start to hear the same, same songs. But you start to hear the same yeah. songs, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, that's the craziest part about radio. You know, like, a radio station on an average day has something like 60 songs that it plays. Mm-hmm. Throughout, like, a full day. Yeah, and it's nice because, you know, obviously it's not what the really? owners... I would even yeah. think it's less than that. <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah, no, it's about 60, 60-ish. Around really? 60, yeah. Day. Obviously, that's not what the owners want to hear, but like they're like, oh, this is like you know, this is like the station that plays what's popular, so this is yeah. what we should put on. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. I think I had an actual point, like I had somewhere I was going with that. I just don't know what it was anymore. Well, you were saying that songs now are all chorus. <coughs> yeah, that that wasn't the crux of my okay, point. Okay, okay. Profanity. That wasn't the crux of my point mm. either. Mm. I, I didn't I didn't get to the crux of my point. I don't know what it was or if there was one. Sorry. Oh, it's not your fault. I don't. I don't know if there ever was one, or if I, it was just a ramble. Or if you were just hoping that there would be one eventually. I think the crux is essentially just that the enormous shift, and you, what it made me think of is the fact that what our ears are attuned to is rock music, essentially, and like, and this idea that kind of you know of just how dead it really is, and that like because I listen to so much older stuff, I kind of it's easy to forget the fact that it's totally dead, yeah. and that any act who actually makes a hit out of a rock song is, you know, usually, like, some kind of retro novelty rather than, like, a genuine band who are still trying to innovate an older style of music, mm-hmm. you know, an essentially archaic style of music. Yeah. <coughs> and it makes me sad. That's and the crux of your... That's the it, crux. It makes me sad. You know what else makes me sad, but in the most what? wonderful way, is Joni Joni Mitchell's Blue... It's the most beautiful album ever. I've been listening to it like every day. I've been reading a book about it that happened to follow. About in just my lap. blue. About is blue, it like yeah. one of those 33, 33 and a third? Books? No, it's his book that those uh, are great books. It's his book just that saying. I happened to find hanging out at Jordan's house that it was given him as a gift like a long time ago, oh, yeah. and he's never read it. And uh, and like it was right as I was getting in this phase where I've just been listening to it every day, and I was like, wow, like this is like fate. I need to read this book. And it's pretty cool. It's written by this journalist, uh, and she's just kind of talking about the album and its impact on her. And on the world, I guess, and like, and like, she does interviews with Joni Mitchell and stuff. Or like she's done a lot of interviews with Joni Mitchell, so she like uses that in her book, and and it's interesting. Like, they've been talking a lot about this kind of the idea of like the tag of confessional singer songwriter, and how much Joni Mitchell and a lot of people who got that tag don't like that idea. 
and like and she's talking about like saint augustine's confessions and like what it, and how confessional kind of has this religious overtone and that's kind of what those artists didn't really like about it and the, they felt it kind of misrepresented them mm. and what they were actually doing and that like they were bearing their souls but they weren't exactly confessing anything yeah <laughs> i think that's a really interesting idea uh that album has a really deep history with me because um, I started listening to it be, uh, on a suggestion of the love of my life from <laughs> high school, who who I could tell a lot of stories that really make me totally the bad guy. And like I dumped her and didn't give a fuck. And I bet if I listened to that album back then, I it either would have made me cry or I would have had no emotional <laughs> response to it at all because I was just such a dick and I just like I was just. Uh, I was just a bad person, <laughs> but but we won't get into that, right? Yeah, now. we don't need to. Get into uh, that the point is, you know, like that album was an album that influenced her and her music a lot, and like, and I guess it's kind of considered like a breakup album, and it's basically, you know, Joni Mitchell was really just like getting, really kind of changed the singer songwriter kind of idea as a whole, and maybe even created it in some way, you know, really kind of like kick-started that whole paradigm of the singer-songwriter, which became such a big thing in the 70s, and Joni Mitchell wanted to distance herself from it because it became, like, you know, sanitized and corporate, and, like, Joni Mitchell was super influenced by classical and jazz, mostly, and was always trying yeah. to, like, you know, kind of, like, be, like, a real artist. And, like, I mean, and she's one of those people who has crossed over, you know, like, she exactly. has done a lot Since of jazz Exactly, she's yeah. gone deeper and deeper down that kind of jazz hole, and, like, that's really where she sees herself as an artist. And, like, Blue is kind of, like, this thing she has to live with that she put out and is maybe kind of proud of, but it's, like, a real kind of mixed blessing for her. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, and it's one of those albums where, like, so I've always kind of had it for a long time. And I don't remember if this girl suggested it to me while we were still together or after we had broken up. I kind of feel like it's the latter, but I don't know. And so I've always kind of, like, had it on my iPod. Uh, but it's one of those albums where... I've listened to, like, a song from it at a time, and over the years, like, <laughs> different songs have responded to I'm me. like, oh, I, I know this whole album now. Yeah, and so oh. over time, it, it reached a point where, like, suddenly I kind of, like, knew a lot of the songs on it, and then I just, like, more recently started listening to it front to back, and it's just... Like, she just has this way... Like, that album is just so unique, and, like, she just drains so much emotion out of every moment, like, every lyric, every... The way she sings, like, her voice is so expressive. The way she puts, like, chords together, like, her chords... Her chord progressions are really interesting and weird, and, like, especially when she plays guitar, because she just, like... I think she kind of, like, made up a lot of chords, and, like, it creates a lot of really interesting sounds. Mm. <coughs> What's neat about the album is, you know, it, like... You know, the title, Blue, kind of says it all. And, like, that song, Blue, is just, like, the most incredibly s sad kind of thing. But it's a really bittersweet album. Like, it has a lot of songs that are about the joys of love, too, not just the pains of it, even though that's kind of the arcing theme. And, you know, like, it was really kind of... It's interesting, too, because she talks in the book about how kind of, like, you know, we all kind of know now that a lot of those songs were about Graham Nash and the mm, whole thing right, was kind right, of inspired right. by their relationship. But her whole idea about the importance of a songwriter is that she doesn't want us knowing about kind of her history because it's not about her, it's about us. And it's the way that we listen to it and we see ourselves in it and reflect ourselves in it. And uh, and I guess more and more I've kind of like done that with that album where like every line means something really and, deep to me personally. And do you feel <coughs> like, so you've been like listening to it along with reading with this book. Yeah. So you have you felt like that sort of like really improved your sort of understanding of it? No, it hasn't it, been or? changing it really. No? No. Because I felt like the one time I've done that was when I was on, like, I guess I was going to Ottawa or something, and I had a book about the Pixies, 
And, like, I had listened, I'd been really into, like, um, you know, Doolittle. Yeah. But not really their other stuff. But then, like, on that trip, I, like, listened to their albums as they were talking about it in the book. And I felt like that, like, that, like, made me a Pixies fan. Hmm. Like, reading about it as I was listening to it. I mean, it's, like, it's definitely enhancing it in some way that I'd been so into the album. Now I'm reading kind of, like, you know, different kind of, like, and getting kind of different ideas about it and whatever. Uh... And maybe, like, when all is said and done, it will have changed the way I hear that album or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but as of now, not necessarily. But, you know, it's interesting the way that I really insert myself in those songs as she kind of, as Joni Mitchell kind of intends the listener to do. And the way that, like, with various songs and various lyrics, I'll, like, insert very specific relationships from my past into it, like, you know, with that girl who showed me the album and with other people, and it's just kind of, like, it's all there. It's kind of, like, the whole history of, like, you know, my life is there, and it's, you know, it's, like, it's the it's that kind of it's bullshit the pop that we music get thing. From. Yeah. Exactly. Of making every love song you hear about, like, your relationship. Right, and but with her, you know, it's so deep that it kind of, you know, it, it it's just more meaningful, and it is this kind of thing where, like, you know, she knows that millions of people take those songs and make them about themselves, and that's what she, I think that's what she appreciates most about the album. Now the question is whether <coughs> you, like, whether you hear that and you graft relationship, like, like you know, elements of relationships onto that music, or if that music makes you graft elements of that music onto your past relationships, like, retroactively. I think it's the latter. You know? I think it kind of has to be the latter, right? Where she, like, we're like, no, 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 we're, we're like, you know... Hearing that music makes you remember your relationships differently, is what mm. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh, in some ways, where it's maybe, like this yeah. song sounds like, and you obviously this is a thing that you do subconsciously, but it's like this song sounds like, like oh, I could maybe apply this memory to this song. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of the time that does happen in the moment, and then when you have the chance to screw on your head, you go, well, no, I mean, I totally, I'm wearing rose-colored glasses with that, or I'm, you mm-hmm. know, or I'm making it much worse than it was, so. Yeah, I think in some way, I like, I actually stay almost kind of like, you know, because I'm so aware when I, when I change memories, kind of, like, when I either look back on it much more fondly than I actually was at the time, mm-hmm. or when I look back on it much more devastatingly than it was at the time. <coughs> well, everyone. But I guess the music yeah. helps to change that. But I mean, I don't know. I'm just, it's just it's something that I'm really kind of conscious of, and that I still obviously do, as we all do. Mm-hmm. But I just think like I notice when I'm doing it, especially in terms of the music. Um... <sighs> yeah. Speaking of books <coughs> about albums and the, that series of books that I mentioned before, yeah. I reviewed a band that was really weird that I didn't really like that much, <laughs> called Monkey House. Yeah, that was a Did cool you see review. that review? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good review. Oh, thank it you. It made me want to listen to the album and hope that I like <laughs> it so I could argue with you. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a band by this Canadian guy who did the theme song for 16, which right. was a Canadian show that I actually ended up kind I of falling in love show. with a couple of years ago. It's actually a good show. Like, it's pretty witty. It's okay. like it's surprise. It's way better than a show called Sixteen with six as the number six yeah. has any right to be at all. Mm. Um, so like, and I like that show enough that to the point where like when the finale was on to the show, I was like, oh fuck, I better watch that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it was like a thing. So yeah, so he did he did the theme song to that, and he won like an Emmy for that, I guess. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's been in this band called Monkey House apparently for like twenty years at this point. 
And uh, he actually wrote the book about Asia, which is the, the, the sort of quintessential Steely Dan album. Hmm. And uh, you can really hear that because the band sounds a lot like Steely Dan and we get a lot of comparisons to Steely Dan, but they also sort of have this like kind of hokey like wedding band singer. Hmm. And that's what makes it not so great. At first, I sort of heard it, and I browsed to, like, my editor was kind of like, oh, hey, I have this band called Monkey House. And I was sort of going through it, and I, like, very, you know, just listened to a couple snippets from their MySpace. And their MySpace was their older stuff, and it sounded pretty cool. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll review this. And then I got the album, and I was like, oh, God, why did I take this on? Hmm. But then I ended up liking it more, eventually. After you wrote the review. No, 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 no. While I wrote the review, Hmm. like, I was sort of like, I actually do kind of have, I've kind of grown to like this, but at the same time, sometimes I listen to it and I find it kind of repulsive. Hmm. Um, And, and like, it was that I didn't want to write the review to sound too positive, because I didn't feel like I could necessarily recommend it, but I'd reached a point where I kind of liked it, Hmm. but only kind of. So it was like, it was a thing where I could be, I could sort of, like... Talk about it really positively and make it sound a lot better than it actually is, or sort of be more real about it and make it sound maybe a little bit worse than it is. But I think that's sort of more representative of how I actually feel about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's called Headquarters. It's like their fourth album or something. It's weird. You said you said that it was uh, pe- theatrical. People would enjoy it. Yeah, it's sort of got a theatrical. But you might like it. I might like you it. You might like it. Yeah. Interesting. It's kind of it's kind of got this sort of theatrical vibe. Yeah, because when it. I read that, I was like, oh, that's. There's totally one song that, that sounds. That is my group. <laughs> there's one song that sounds like In the Heights, that's, and that song is actually good. That song is really good, actually. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's got this kind of like Soka thing, so right. it sounds a lot like that musical, but like you know, it sounds like totally fake Soka. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that we were talking about, kind of like looking back at memories and like, you know, enhancing them or like, you know, either making them worse or better or whatever. I'm like, I wonder if that's in a way what I do when I talk about what a dick I was about this girl <laughs> in high school. Because I, I'm very aware at of At the like, time, you didn't, seem, did yeah, you didn't seem like such a dick at the time. Like, you know, I was kind of, like, it was this weird sort of situation where, where it was like this kind of like thing that was happening, but not really. And mm-hmm. so to, to me, at least, it seemed sort of like mostly you were just unsure all the time. Yeah, which is which That's was. Like, you didn't really seem like you were being a dick. Happening. You just sort of seemed like you didn't really know what you wanted. Yeah, I was I was really pretty confused and like and she made me kind of paranoid because she was such a busy person and I couldn't understand that. No. An issue that I still apparently have based on my last relationship. <laughs> but I, but I just wonder if I kind of like look back and like turn myself into this really despicable character or if that's really just kind of who I was at the time. I think there's something to be said about <coughs> lyrics and self-perception of just like you know, because when you look at, like, rock songs, there's pretty much two roles that men have. Like, they're either, oh, God, you broke up with me, how could you do this? Or, like, oh, you broke up with me, yeah, you probably should have done that because I was a bit of a dick. Yeah. And those are sort of the two natural responses <laughs> to have that I have to relationships. Mm-hmm. When they fall through, is like, oh, God, I was such an asshole. <laughs> or, like, oh, what a bitch. Say, yeah, exactly. Why did she break up with me? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to, to kind of, like, find a middle ground there. I'll keep yeah. that in mind. I wonder how you feel about it, like, because there aren't too many songs from, like, the female perspective, you know, like, And that's why you have to listen to Blue. Yeah, right. well, anyways, relationship songs are, like, that's really, true. they're really, like, male-dominant, as, you know, music is sort of a male-dominated thing, at least rock music is, like, pop music, not so much. But that's what's great about what Joni Mitchell did, is she yeah. kind of, like, it was, like, a big deal, she was this woman coming out and singing 
uh, you know, about these relationships in a way that no man had attempted to make kind of so personal as she yeah. had done. Like, apparently, when she was playing the record for some of her, like, male musician friends, like, even they kind of, like, were kind of speechless at it. And Chris Christopherson said something like, Jesus, Joni, like, keep some of that stuff to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I do wonder from you, like, do you, do you feel like you sort of have specific roles in relationships or, like, when relationships break up, you're sort of, like, you sort of have these, like, modes of acting where you sort of feel like, I guess because, you know, music isn't as big a thing to you as it is for us, but, right. like, maybe, like, movies where you're kind of like, oh, God, it's exactly like this situation in this movie that I like. Well, yeah, but the thing is, I'm such, I'm so mean to myself all the time, so it sounds awful, but I'm, I'm always like, oh, man, was I really like that person in this movie? But exactly, do you, you know, you I ever, like, equate yourself with sure, that kind definitely. of thing where you're like, of course. oh, God, I'm totally acting out this of character. Course. Or, like, you know, like, if I end a relationship or something for a reason that I thought was valid. And then there's, you know, and the thing that frustrates me is in movies, people who end relationships always get their comeuppance. Like, they're the bad person. It's like, well, yeah, maybe, the maybe they're a good Unless person. Unless the movie's realistic. Well, maybe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe they're a good person for ending that relationship because it would have just gotten worse and stuff. So or I maybe was, there's just no moral. I mean, a lot yeah. of, a lot of movies have that sort of thing where it's like, oh, you broke up with me. But at the end of the day, I guess that's an okay thing because I learned Really? I learned how to be thing? myself. What a lot of like movies? indie comedies. Yeah, like that's like that. a coming of age. Thing. Yeah, that's like an indie yeah. coming of age thing. Like I even guess. like something like Five Hundred Days of Summer is. That's like exactly that. what I was. thinking Yeah, that's exactly about. what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm assuming you've seen. It I love. Yeah, I like that movie a lot too. I think it's a really good movie. But you know, it's like he meets really Summer and he like oh, get, falls in love with Summer and then Summer breaks up with him and he's like, oh, this is the worst thing that ever happened. And then he eventually, like at the end of the day, it's like that's not his wife. He ends up meeting the real person that he's going to spend his life with but at he, the end. But of the you don't movie. know that. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. At the end of the movie, they they, they explicitly say like, no, but this he... is the person that he marries. When do they say that? They, I don't remember, but like, there's a point. There is. There's a point at the end of the movie <laughs> where they're like. He just says, "I I realize there are more people out there." No, no, no. They explicitly say, like, okay. this is his true love. Like, I know that he, they said, like, yeah, like, something like that. But they don't say he got married. Exactly. No, he they say, like, finds his soul. No, no, no. They say, like, this Dude. is the story. And her name was also, like, uh, Autumn. Yeah, Autumn. Let's right. find a clip on Latin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we will, but after, we, after this is done, <laughs> know, we will. After this is done, we're going to eat sushi. Yeah, yeah, but we'll take two okay. seconds no, to, to do this. No, we won't. That's a good point. So anyway, uh, so yeah, speaking about this and like kind of seeing yourself in music, actually, it's interesting. Like I've been getting really back into Ryan Adams lately, and like, um, and I, I relate this to something uh, in school last year in my musical pioneers class. I think on like the first day, the teacher was just like asking people like who their favorite musicians are or whatever, yeah. and this one guy. It was like, and we had to like say why. And this one guy said like Neil Young, and he was like, why? And the guy said, because he's the soundtrack to my life, man. Like that was his response. And I remember thinking at the same time, thinking like, man, that's a dumb thing to say. And also, you know, finding it kind of like beautiful at the same time. And like I, at that point, I was probably getting really into Neil Young, so I probably felt what he was saying and being like, yeah, he's kind of the soundtrack to my life right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but it. Uh, <laughs> but then it was obviously a cynic in me to be like, fuck you, pal. I doubt that guy, I mean, I also doubt that, that Neil Young is a soundtrack to most people's lives. Like, it can be the thing that you listen to, but most people are probably not going to identify with, like, Neil Young being a farmer and that kind of shit. Like, I don't think he was a farmer. Was he not a farmer? I feel like he was a farmer. <laughs> now he was like a Canadian prairie boy. Yeah, whatever. But like, what, I mean, farm, what I mean yeah. is that, like, most people who are at a university studying are probably not Canadian prairie boys. I don't understand what your point is. My point is that, like, 
you know, that's like a silly thing to say because you probably he probably does not have a similar life to what Neil Young has, and that's well, what Neil Young Well, look, I think, I think the reason I thought it was kind of dumb and was weird about it is that I think what we were supposed to do was, like, justify why the artist was someone who meant a lot to us. And, like, to do that, you know, saying that the soundtrack to my life isn't really an answer. No, and that's yeah, why I yeah, thought yeah, it was kind of dumb, yeah, sure. but also why I found it kind of romantic. And I totally understand it, like, because it's not, it's a, it's not about you sharing their experience, like, you know... Uh, Jay-Z could be the soundtrack to my life. I don't share his experience at all, but his lyrics speak to me. And, like, Neil Young, on a lot of deeper levels, obviously has lyrics that speak to me. And, like, you know, the kind of the themes that he talks about are things that are very universal. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and so lately I've been kind of feeling like Ryan Adams is kind of that guy for me. And, like, he's, you know, he's very, you know, because he, like, firstly, like, his eclectic taste in things kind of tends to help, where it's kind of like, you know... Uh, like the way that he's kind of really influenced by like hardcore punk, but also Graham Parsons, and also and that's you know primarily what he plays like he's like country rock and whatever. But then also like he's in love with the Smiths and like you know he's that kind of Morrissey kind of character, just like this eternally heartbroken asshole. <laughs> and you know, and I obviously eat that shit up. Yeah. And, like he's you know I was thinking that about he's a lot like you know he's like that guy who's like sitting uh, you know on the street corner thinking about calling up his ex-girlfriend, but he'll never actually do it. And like, and I was just thinking about how like Ryan Adams must be that guy. And that's why I relate to him, because I'm that guy. <laughs> and, I think uh, every guy is that guy at some point. Uh, yeah, perhaps. I'd like to think so. Yeah. I don't want to feel special about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, just, I've been listening to a lot of Ryan Adams is the point of that story. And like, you know, like I've been listening to his band Whiskey Town a lot, who was just this great, great alternative country band. And like his first solo album, Heartbreaker, is just like beautiful. And like he really kind of changed his style after that and like went to kind of chasing a lot of different that's kind a of ambitions. Boring name. Heartbreaker? That's an awesome name. Boring. What? Maybe it's kind of a boring title. I don't know. I think it's a I think it's a I think it's a good title. I think it's just like Good. <laughs> Reminds me of the Mariah Carey song. It's uh, not. <laughs> well done. But he well is done. like he's super. You know that album especially comes off as like really authentic and and like and emotional and stuff and uh, and and what I never noticed about it before that I find kind of interesting is that his lyrics often like the way that he kind of constructs his metaphors and stuff are really similar to like Bob Dylan's kind of style mm -hmm. of, of lyricism. And I was just thinking about it the other day while listening to it, and, I, and that struck me as kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I could talk about Kiss, or we could just call it a day. <laughs> do you have interesting things to say about Kiss? I have some things to say about Kiss. I always do, but... <laughs> <laughs> do you want to say those things about Kiss right now? Kind of. Then it just might it. take a little while. More power to you, as long as it's interesting. I don't know if you'll find it. Spruce it up. <laughs> Lick it up. <laughs> yes. Good one. Thanks. Because um, all I'm saying is that you have to realize that you are on a very specific scale of the more you talk about kiss, the, 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 the more time we have until we get sushi. Yeah, exactly. So you have to balance your loves of kiss and sushi. You're right. Like here. Maybe I should save it for next week. Nah, I'm sure we'll have actual things to talk about next week, so okay. sure, say it now. This is this is the last thing I'll have to say about Kiss, at least until Monster comes up. Because <laughs> after I listen to that album, I'm obviously not going to not talk about it. But this is kind of like my final word on Kiss. And it's pretty long-winded, so you'll have to bear with me. <laughs> um, so, firstly, you know, I've been reading Ace Frehley's book, No Regrets, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, he has two people who wrote the book with him, yeah. and I have a feeling that they 
help make him sound a lot more articulate than he is. But at the same time, I kind of believe that he's a pretty smart guy, so maybe he is as articulate as he comes across in the book. Um, and it's interesting, you know, as an enthusiast of history to kind of get it from that perspective, which is like, you know, he's kind of this guy who's always getting ragged on by his former bandmates, and it's kind of his opportunity to come out and, like, you know, stand up for himself to some degree, and, like, you know, Kiss fans all know that he was the coolest and most important member of that band. <coughs> and, uh, and so... Today, you know, in light of that, I listened to a solo album again, and I forgot just how good it is. Like, I remember during the year, I decided that that was, like, the best album to ever have the Kiss name attached to it. And in some way, I almost maintain that, like, because what it shows is that, like, he brought the attitude to that band. And, like, you know, the whole Kiss solo album thing, the fact they all released an, a, an individual solo album on the same day is, like, a really kind of interesting point in pop music history, I think, and, you know, Ace's stands head and shoulders above the rest because he kind of, like, was out to prove his bandmates wrong because they didn't think he could do it, and he obviously did and created this awesome, hard-rocking gem of an album, um, and I could go on and talk about that album some more, but I'm not going to because it's not what I, what I actually want to say, um, you know, Kiss are obviously a very important and interesting thing in my life, and, like, Chuck Klosterman likes to talk about the fact that he's a connoisseur of the Kiss albums that don't really sound like Kiss albums, yeah. and I, th that's interesting to me because, you know, I was talking last week about how, because I've kind of, like, really kind of worn out my listening of their classics from the 70s, which I'm kind of going back to right now because I'm reading this book and getting back into it, but, like, so I'm always looking, like, to all their other material to satisfy my love of Kiss, and, um... And it's this weird effect where, like, um, they kind of fill all of my needs as a pop music listener. And, like, every kind of, like, every sect of music is kind of represented in music. You know, if I want to listen to, like, some cheesy 80s pop, I'll listen to Crazy Nights. If I want to listen to, like, some 80s, you know, metal, I'll listen to Creatures of the Night. If I want to listen to some 70s pop, I'll listen to Unmasked. If I want to listen to you know, prog rock. I listen to music from the elders. <laughs> and, you know, on the whole, like, none of those things are really what Kiss do best. Uh, and so what they all kind of come off as ultimately is a second-rate version of the style of music they're trying to portray most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's this weird thing where, like, I've been really conflicted thinking about that and this idea that, like, I am so into them that I will listen to the crappy songs that I know so well at this point that they just comfort me and that I enjoy them. And that, like, I kind of, I shouldn't settle for that when I, there's so much better stuff I could be listening to. And lately, I am more inclined to choose other things over, you know, for the last few weeks, I haven't even had Kiss on my iPod. Because I kind of decided I needed to, like, clear them from my life for a bit and, like, yeah. stop listening to them all the time. And what I learned in doing that is that I like thinking about them a lot. Because, like, I'll think about them a lot <laughs> and I won't have to listen to them, but I'll just think about them. And, like, it helped me today where there was just, like, a Kiss concert going on in my head. It kind of got me through work some of the time. Um, and, uh, man, that point was so much more interesting when I was thinking about it in bed last night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's, but it's this weird thing. And, like, now I'm sort of, like, that. It, I sort of feel like it marks a significant turning point in my kiss listening where, like, you know, the kind of, like, the authentic attitude of their early stuff is what I really want to listen to when I listen to kiss now. And, like, and it's hard. It's a hard thing for me to accept this idea that, like, I really, you know, my rock heroes are only, you know, are at their realest when they were making just kind of like, you know, mindless, sex-driven, hard rock songs. And like, that is what they did best. And that's why people criticize things like music from the Elder and stuff, because that's not what they did best. What they do best is those songs. And like, and like, you know, for so long, I've been trying to argue that, but it's just, it's just a fact. And 
and uh, and 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 as you know, the solo albums each illuminate kind of you know the personalities of the band members in interesting ways. Especially Gene Simmons' solo album, where he kind of like you know it kind of shows that for him, hard rock was always just a means to an end. Whereas for Ace, it was always the end itself. But for Gene, like you know, he made a ridiculous pop album. And, oh, uh, yeah, Gene just wanted to know, make money. He just wanted to there make was money, a, but he also, you know... There was something had, in the Chuck Classroom book I was reading where he was like... <coughs> I forget what he said. No, I want you to remember, because <laughs> it was Gene something about, about, like... Like, if Gene, if Gene Simmons could find out that you could ha- make money from... And then he said something funny, which is what I forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> then he would, you know, immediately get an endorsement deal with them. Yeah, sure. Because that's all he wants. Like, he and it's totally true. To but at the same time, what that album shows that, like... You know, he was so influenced by, like, the Beatles, and, and it, you know, he kind of, I think in some way, as much as he's such an inauthentic, you know, personality, and he's just all about kind of his brand, and, like, you know, he'll do whatever he needs to keep his brand power going, like, I think that somewhere in him, there is a genuine love for pop music, and, sure. and like, and, and I, just, I don't know, he's such a complex man. <laughs> he's layered. Yeah, he's like your lame. t-shirt, and like this episode of Too Loud Guys, which I think we should maybe cut off now, unless you got more to say. I have a lot more to say, but I think I just need to write it all down in an essay. I think that might be the way to go, and just be more concise and like actually have some kind of point. The more words you say, the hungrier I get. Yeah, me too. But I don't know, cause like I, I think that one day I'm gonna write a kick-ass book about Kiss. Cool, do it. I'd love to. I'd love. To, I'd love to be your editor. Because my my thoughts on them are so varied. And like I have such a positive. You know, I'm a member of the Kiss Army. But, not actually. But I, uh, you know, not officially. But you know, I am essentially a member of the Kiss Army. And at the same time, I have so many negative thoughts about them to express. But ultimately, I guess it would all coagulate into one beautiful <laughs> epic story about me and Kiss. Yeah. That right now I just can't get across. Yeah. All right. I think it's sushi time, bro. Man, but Ace Free the Soul album is kick ass. Great. Let's go get food. Yeah. Yeah? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no problem. Thanks for coming, Emily. Yeah, it was nice to have you here. So, yeah, Emily's movie is called called Slice of Life. If you want to check it out, uh, it's on Facebook. It's work. actually nowhere, um, because <laughs> it's in festivals right now, Woo! and being online is not good with festivals. But when it is online, then I will let you know There's somehow. a Facebook page you can like about it. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, it's pretty Slice good. It's a pretty good movie, guys. I think it's so exceptionally fantastic. You will have to watch it. I don't have it with me, unfortunately. Okay. I really thought I had something to say about Kiss. <laughs> and I think I do. Somewhere in that mishmash of words, there is like a really concrete idea that I just can't get out right now. Mm. Anyways. Um, all right, so if you want to follow along with, with the show as you listen to it, you can go to twoloudguys.blogspot.com. We'll be putting up links there to like all the songs and stuff we've been talking about. Um, which for this week will be pretty light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Subscribe to us on iTunes. Send us emails at twoloudguys at gmail.com. Um, I think that about covers My mouth is dry from talking about Kiss so much. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet it is. Let's just cut that whole part out. I don't like it. We're not gonna. Uh, but bad. we are gonna cut this part out. All right. No, we are not. You always cut, want to cut out the parts where we're talking about cutting out parts. <laughs> I like those parts. 
No, fast version. Slow version sucks. I like the slow version. Well, then you can sing it by yourself. Wait, how does the song even fucking go? Too loud, guys. And a girl. Too loud, guys. Too loud, guys. We'll catch you guys on the flippity floppity flu. <laughs> <laughs>